Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1 Israeli Defense Forces released footage of an airstrike they say killed senior Hamas commander Hassan al-Abdullah on Thursday, October 26th. The footage apparently taken from an Israeli jet shows several airstrikes in Gaza as Israel continues to conduct a massive aerial bombardment on the Strip. Some 250 such airstrikes on Hamas targets have taken place in just over a 24-hour period. Al-Abdullah is only the latest senior commander Israeli forces have killed, and he is unlikely to be the last. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has vowed that all Hamas members involved in the October 7th attack on Israel will be killed, and that Hamas itself will be utterly destroyed. In related news, North Korea is accusing Israel of masterminding the ongoing violence between themselves and Hamas, and claiming that the U.S. is an accomplice. North Korean state media accused Israel of responsibility for the recent explosion near the Al-Akhli Baptist Hospital in the Gaza Strip. Quote, what should not be overlooked is that Israel's such criminal act was openly committed under the undisguised patronage of the U.S., said a North Korean foreign ministry spokesperson. Hamas has claimed Israel was behind the October 17th explosion that killed hundreds of people, but the source of the rocket has been disputed and has been proven otherwise. President Biden has asserted intelligence networks belief that the explosion was caused by a misfired rocket from Gaza terrorists themselves. Overnight Wednesday, October 25th, the IDF forces carried out a limited ground incursion in the northern Gaza Strip and then withdrew, the IDF stated on Thursday morning, October 26th. The operation carried out with tanks was part of the preparation of the area for the next stages of combat. In preparation for the next stages of combat, the IDF operated in northern Gaza, the IDF spokesperson stated. IDF tanks and infantry struck numerous terrorist cells, infrastructure and anti-tank missile launch posts. The soldiers have since exited the area and returned to Israeli territory. Although IDF forces began limited ground incursions into Gaza on Sunday, October 22nd, this was the largest incursion since the beginning of the war, setting the stage for what is believed to be the imminent large-scale invasion. Hakol Radio is sad to relate the passing of Agoyin of Baruch Mordechai Ezrahi, Rosh Yeshiva of Ateris Yisrael, and the senior member of the Meatzis Gedele Hatayra in Eretz Yisrael, at the age of 94. During the last four months, Rosh Yeshiva's condition fluctuated and was hospitalized due to respiratory issues in the summer. He had been sedated and respirated since then. At times his condition improved, but on Thursday morning, October 26th, he lost consciousness and passed away at Hadassah Hospital in Inkarim. In his youth, he studied in the Hebron Yeshiva and later married the daughter of Rabmir Chadash, the Mashkiach of Yeshiva's Hebron. Rabbach Matcha taught Shir in the Yeshiva as well as in Kar And in 1976, Rabbach Matcha left Hebron Yeshiva and founded Ateris Yisrael in Beit Vegan in memory of his father, who had passed away shortly beforehand. Rabmir Chadash served as the Mashkiach in the Yeshiva, which quickly gained prominence as Rabbach Matcha inspired a new generation of Rabbanim and Torah leaders. Some of his more famous Talmidim are Abdavid Koyin of Hebron Yeshiva, Rav Yitzchak Peretz, the Rav of Ranana, Rav Yehuda Deri, the Rav of Beersheva, and Rav Mordechai Taladano, the Av Bezdin in Yerushalayim. Rav Baruch Motcha served as a member of the Meatzis Gadiatari in Eretz Yisrael from 2012. He will be buried on Haraz Eisen next to his wife Shulamis, who passed away two years ago. The Levaya is set to be postponed until Friday, as his only son is abroad and has not yet returned. 
He's also survived by his four daughters, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Yehi Zichrei Baruch. Number two. After over three weeks without a speaker, the U.S. House of Representatives finally elected Louisiana Representative Mike Johnson to serve as Speaker of the House on Wednesday, October 25th, following the historic ouster of Representative Kevin McCarthy. Representative Johnson was elected Speaker of the House during a full vote on the House floor Wednesday afternoon. The vote tally was 220 to 209. Johnson needed 215 votes to secure the Speaker's gavel. Typically, the threshold is 217. However, due to the current absences, the threshold fell to 215. In a surprising move, the GOP rallied behind Johnson and unanimously voted for him. Johnson, a little-known lawmaker who is now second in line for the presidency, attracted the support of all 220 Republican members in attendance, surpassing the 215 vote total that was required to win. All 209 Democrats voted for Representative Hakeem Jeffries of New York, the party's minority House leader. The People's House is back in business, Johnson told colleagues before being sworn in. Johnson was the party's fourth nominee for Speaker in three weeks, having taken the place of Representative Tom Emmer, whose candidacy lasted all of four hours on Tuesday. Two other previous candidates, Representative Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, withdrew their names from consideration earlier in the process after failing to unite the party's various factions. In his first move as Speaker, Representative Johnson's first piece of legislation was a declaration of solidarity with Israel and a pledge to give it whatever assistance it requires, as well as a condemnation of the Hamas terror group in Gaza and its brutal attack on Israel on October 7th. Right after the election, Johnson stated that the U.S. is in times of, quote, extraordinary crises. Our nation's biggest allies in the Middle East is under attack, Johnson said. The first bill I will bring to the floor will be in support of our dear friend Israel. We are overdue in getting it done, he added. The legislation passed 412 to 10, with nine Democrats and one Republican opposing the resolution. Six Democrats voted present, even though five of them had previously co-sponsored the resolution. The vote, reflecting the sweeping bipartisan support that lawmakers have voiced for Israel's efforts to rout Hamas from the Gaza Strip, but it also reflected the defiance of a small but determined minority of House Democrats who have called for a ceasefire, arguing that Israel's bombing campaign of Gaza has caused the deaths of far too many Palestinians. In related House news, squad member Democrat Representative Jamal Bowman of New York pleaded guilty in D.C.'s Superior Court on charges that he illegally pulled a House office building fire alarm. D.C. Assistant Attorney General Peter Saba criminally charged Bowman with a misdemeanor for causing a false fire alarm in the Cannon House office building ahead of a September 30th vote. Bauman, 47, turned himself in on Thursday morning, October 26th, ahead of his arraignment. Bauman had pulled the fire alarm ahead of a crucial vote as the GOP pushed a critical stopgap funding bill to avoid a government shutdown. In exchange for a guilty plea, Bauman got a slap on the wrist deal. He has to write a letter of apology to the U.S. Capitol Police and pay a $1,000 fine. D.C. Superior Court Judge Dorsey Jones told Bauman that he could face six months in prison and a $1,000 fine if he does not write the letter of apology. Bauman's office said that the congressman's deal with the D.C. Attorney General would see the charges withdrawn if he writes the letter and pays the fine. As far as in the House of Representatives itself, it's unclear what, if any at all, repercussions will follow for him. Number 3 at least 22 people were killed and at least 60 people were wounded in shootings in the city of Lewiston, Maine on Wednesday evening, October 25th, 
City officials reported of overwhelming local hospitals with gunshot victims as large numbers of victims came streaming to hospitals from the locations of the shooting spree, which took place at a bowling alley and a local restaurant and bar. Rescue vehicles rushed in from around central Maine to tend to the wounded, and the two Lewiston hospitals have called in every off-duty staff member that they could to deal with this. President Joe Biden called Maine Governor Janet Mills, its two senators, and a local congressman to offer federal support, the White House stated, and the president ordered all flags at official government posts to be flown at half-staff following the mass shootings. Local police posted a photo of the shooter on Facebook carrying what appeared to be a semi-automatic weapon inside the bowling alley. They later issued a bulletin for 40-year-old Robert Card, saying the suspect in the mass shootings should be considered armed and dangerous. The suspect is still at large. The suspect is reportedly a reservist and has military experience and he teaches soldiers and reservists alike how to handle and manipulate a weapon when needed. Maine authorities will host a press conference at 10.30 a.m. to provide an update on Wednesday night's mass shootings, but it is more than 12 hours since the shooting and no suspect has been brought into custody yet, although hundreds of law enforcement officers are attempting to locate Robert Card, who remains a person of interest. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.